Hello and welcome to the Redeeming Love Bible Broadcast. My name is Phil Duddy, Evangelist of Grace Baptist Tabernacle of King, North Carolina. Very glad to have you with me on the program today. As always, reach out to us. We would love to hear from you at redeemingthelost at iCloud.com. I want to focus on one basic topic today, and uh, that basic topic is going to arise from John chapter 6, verse 60. So let me read John chapter 6, verse 60 to you. The Word of God reads this way. Many therefore of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is an hard saying. Who can hear it? Uh, the His is Jesus. Uh, many therefore of Jesus' disciples, uh, when they heard this, um, you know, what he was saying at that time. But, uh, you know, as we're going to see, um, there are a lot of sayings in the Bible uh, that are considered to be hard. And I want to look at why those are considered to be hard. And I say that they are considered to be hard uh, because um, what we're going to see today is that, um, you know, in reality, anything coming out of the mouth of Jesus, uh, Jesus said, uh, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And uh, we've got folks, um, his disciples, uh, many of his disciples, uh, saying this is a hard saying. Uh, basically, what Jesus is saying here, and um, basically we can boil that down to the gospel. Jesus is talking about, um, um, except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Uh, long story short, to condense it down, um, he's talking about the blood he's going to shed on the cross. He's going to talk about his body, uh, which he is going to give on the cross. He's talking about uh, the work of the cross. He's talking about the atoning work uh, that he was going to do on the cross. From our perspective, the atoning work that he has done on the cross. And people are saying uh, that uh, this is a hard saying. Uh, this is a harsh rough, stiff, difficult thing to hear. Uh, the gospel, um, you know, and I want you to hear that and I want you to think about it for a second. The gospel is hard. The gospel is difficult. The gospel is rough. The gospel is stiff. Um, and, and friend, you know, I want you to see the deception in that. Uh, because the gospel, um, the very love and the goodness of God, um, is being sinfully viewed as hard. Uh, the very mercy of God. I mean, what are these people saying here? They're saying, you know, you know, we, we need to um, have your flesh and we need to have your blood um, or we have no life. But if we have your flesh and we have your blood, we have eternal life and you're going to raise us up at the last day. That is a hard saying. Um, friend, um, the sinful fallen nature um, is on full display here. Um, the fact that uh, the love of God, the goodness of God, uh, the fact that, you know, God moving himself. Uh, man, you know, when, when Jesus um, came and when Jesus was born of a virgin and when Jesus um, took on flesh and when Jesus walked among us and when Jesus talked among us, when Jesus ate, uh, when Jesus laughed, when Jesus sang, when Jesus wept, uh, when Jesus raised the dead. 
on multiple occasions when Jesus gave sight to the blind uh, when Jesus um, you know took you know loaves and fishes and he fed 5,000 here and he fed 4,000 over here and when Jesus bore witness to the truth when Jesus um, you know laid down his life willingly uh, when Jesus went to the cross willingly when Jesus shed his blood willingly when Jesus became the sum total of all of humanity's sin and all of creation's sin on that cross willingly when he took all of the hell that um, I deserve, when he took all of the hell that you deserve, uh, when he took all of the hell that the person next to you deserves, and when he took all of the wrath of God upon himself, when he became sin, even though he didn't have any sin of his own, uh, when he said, it is finished, and gave up the ghost, uh, when he committed himself into the hand of the Father, uh, when he went down into the grave, uh, when he rose up from the grave, uh, when he um, when he took his blood and he put it on the heavenly mercy seat, and he said, hallelujah and amen, the atoning work for mankind, uh, hallelujah and amen, the wrath of God is satisfied, hallelujah and amen, uh, the law is satisfied, hallelujah and amen, the goodness and the righteousness and the holiness of God is satisfied, and now, hallelujah and amen, God is faithful and God is just to forgive a murderer. He is faithful and just to forgive an adulterer. He is faithful and just to, to forgive somebody who takes his word and twists it. Somebody like the religious hypocrite. He's faithful and just to forgive. He's faithful and just to forgive like the worst sinner that you can think of. And that includes you. Hallelujah and amen. Uh, so what God has done, the manifest mercy of God in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And by grace and through faith, you are saved and you receive eternal life. You receive healing. You receive goodness. You receive mercy. Uh, you receive wisdom. Uh, you receive every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Amen and hallelujah. Um, you know, God's got a mansion in heaven for you. Amen and hallelujah. You're going to walk streets of gold. Amen and hallelujah. Now, blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, amen and hallelujah. Blessed be the Lamb. Who, 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 uh, you know, amen, hallelujah, we can say that past tense, blessed be the, the lamb who took away the sin of the world, bless God, that is not a hard saying, my friend, uh, that is the mercy and the goodness and the redeeming love of God in action, and um, friend, in reality, that is not a hard saying. Um, in reality, that is the goodness of God toward every man, woman, and child on this earth. Um, every man, woman, and child who ever lived, who's living now, whoever will live, that is the goodness of God to you. That Jesus Christ came and did something about your sin. That God is so willing to forgive your sin. God is so willing to wipe your sin from the board. God is so willing to make you a new creature. God is so willing uh, to bless you that he made every provision to deal with sin himself. He made every provision to satisfy his own wrath upon sin and so that sin could be dealt with. And Jesus said, yes, I am come to do the will of my father. Nobody forced him. Uh, nobody made him do it. Uh, nobody 
um, you know, strong-armed Jesus into going to the cross. Nobody guilt-tripped him to go into the cross. Nobody manipulated him to go to the cross. Nobody forced him, even the Father himself, uh, because Jesus said, Amen and hallelujah, not my will, but thy will. Jesus did this willingly. He was willingly. Man, you know, it says in the Gospel of Luke, he, at one point, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. He set his face to go to Jerusalem knowing that, you know, the cross was waiting for him, knowing that the work was going to be finished, knowing that, um, you know, that, that all this was going to happen. And he went willingly uh, to do the will of the Father who loved him and to do the will of the Father who Jesus loved in return. Amen and hallelujah. Um, the, the, the whole foundation of this is this holy love. And friend, um, um, if you view that, or if anybody else views that as a hard, harsh, rough, difficult saying, a hard, harsh, rough, difficult reality, uh, friend, uh, that, um, that, that's the very sin that Jesus is looking to redeem you out of. Uh, that's the very sin that Jesus is looking to take away. That's the, the very sin, the very reason why Jesus himself went to the cross. Because, friend, it's a reality that sin demands a consequence in the eyes of a holy God. That is a reality, my friend. And the good news of the gospel is this, that Jesus came in and he, he took all the wrath that you deserve. He took all of that that you deserve. He became your sin, your lying, your lusting, your murmuring, your murdering, your strife, your hatred, uh, your division, your pride, your arrogance, your ego, your blasphemy, your drunkenness, uh, your drugs, your, you know, all that stuff. You know, Jesus became all that. And he took the wrath of God in your place so that you might be saved from the wrath of God. And not only that, but made new and forgiven and healed and abundantly, abundantly, abundantly blessed and amen and hallelujah, a recipient of eternal life. Um, the only reason that is a hard saying is that it runs counter to basic human goodness. The only reason that this is viewed as a hard saying is that it runs counter to the nor to, to, to the fact that that sin to the fact that sin exalts itself to the fact that sin even exists uh, and the goodness of God runs counter to that and says that sin is exceedingly sinful it says that lying is not normal but it is sinful it says that murder is not normal but it is sinful it says that you know, adultery and blasphemy and hypocrisy, drunkenness, all the rest. That that is not normal. That is not the will of God. That is not how creation was originally set to be. And yet, you know, I say it's not the will of God, but hallelujah and amen. You know, so why is it here if it's not the will of God? Mercy. Mercy. You see, God, you know, sin demands a price. And yet... It is the holy good will of God to not let that wrath fall immediately, to not let that death happen immediately, um, but to sort of extend out, um, you know, the, the period of death. 
I mean, and we see that in lifespans. Uh, we see that in, you know, in, in the lifespan of a man, lifespan of a woman, uh, you know, the lifespan of creation itself. Uh, we see that, you know, that God did not immediately let his wrath fall. Adam and Eve did not immediately fall dead in the garden after sin came into them after they after they walked in sin after the fall happened it wasn't just immediate death immediate you know new creation new heavens and new earth but the fact that you're alive to hear this the fact that you um have walked in sin uh the fact that you've walked in sin and lived to tell about it uh the fact that you um that that sin is continuing uh, the fact that you're alive to hear the good news of the cross to hear the good news of jesus christ to hear the good news of what god has done for you that is mercy my friend because your sin reaches to the very throne of heaven your lies affect the king of kings and the lord of lords uh your anger your hatred your murder um you know all that stuff you know all that blasphemy all you know all that you know sin itself before it hits anybody else it hits god and so what is God's first response? Mercy. What is God's first response? To draw you to repentance, to draw you to faith, to draw you to life, to draw you to forgiveness, to draw you to his only begotten son. Because he said, okay, here's the way you're forgiven. Here's the way you're set free. Here's the way you're made new. Here's the way you're healed. Here's the way that you are picked up, turned around, made new, forgiven, Scott, you know, just everything, you know, hallelujah and amen. Your sin is separated from you as far as the east is from the west. And it is Jesus, my friend. It's nobody else but Jesus. It's nothing else but Jesus. And the reason that this is considered hard is that it runs counter to sin. It runs counter to basic human ideas of goodness and morality and philosophy. Um, it runs counter to basic human political ideas. It runs counter to human effort um, because it's not you're, you're not saved by your own effort. You're not saved by your own works. Your sin isn't forgiven because you try hard enough. Your sin isn't forgiven because you do good things. Your sin isn't forgiven because you, you, you give money and you give time and you give labor. Uh, that's not the forgiveness of sin, my friend. Uh, the forgiveness of sin is that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody's going to come to God except by him. Uh, the forgiveness of sin is by grace and through faith in Jesus Christ, not in yourself, not in another human being, not in a morality, not not in um, philosophy or worldviews or politics or governments or anything like that. Uh, but it's Jesus, my friend. And um, the reason this is considered hard is that it runs across, it, it just runs smack into your sin and it calls it sinful. Um, doesn't call it normal. Uh, doesn't call it good. Uh, doesn't call it acceptable doesn't call it justifiable, uh, doesn't, um, you know, doesn't ignore it. But it says, no, your sin is as ugly as ugly can be. Your sin is perverse as perverse can be. Your sin is wicked as wicked can be. And even so, the good news of the gospel is that knowing that, you see, God knows the ugliness of sin. God sees the ugliness of sin. God sees the perversion of sin. You know, we don't remember creation the way it used to be. 
God does because he created it. God does because he not only created it, but he walked and he talked with Adam in the cool of the evening. Hallelujah and amen. Uh, God remembers that. God knows that. God remembers the fact that when it was created on that last day of creation, amen, glory, um, he said, it is good. It is good. It is good. And then it wasn't good. But even so, how is God responding to that mercy? How is God responding that? You know, I'm, I'm going to draw you to Jesus Christ. How is God responding to that? You know, um, here's something that you could never do. Um, the blood of Jesus, the body of Jesus, the life of Jesus, the death of Jesus, the, the resurrection of Jesus, um, it's all tied to you. So that when God looks at you, he sees Jesus. When God looks at you, he doesn't see a liar, he sees Jesus. He doesn't see a killer, he sees Jesus. Um, he, he doesn't see a blasphemer or a hypocrite um, or someone who denies his existence or anything like that. He, he just sees the righteousness of Jesus. That is the blessing that God has for you, lost man, lost woman, lost child. And he says, come unto me by grace and through faith. Yeah, your sin is ugly. Yeah, your sin is evil. Yeah, your sin, man, it, it might have messed up your family. It might have messed up your community. It might have messed up your neighborhood. It might have messed up your town. It might have messed up your job. It might have messed up everything. But God is saying, I know that and I still love you. I see that and I still love you. I see that and that does not change the reality that the blood of Jesus can cover that, wash that away, make it, uh, make, you know, separate you from it, heal you, restore you, pick you back up, um, you know, turn you around, make you new. Hallelujah, glory, and amen. And the love of God, um, man, you don't earn it. Um, he, he just gives it because he is love. Um, you know, he just bestows it. The mercy of God, you don't earn it, he gives it. The salvation of God, you don't earn it. He gives it in response to faith. So if you come to him in humility, you come to him, um, amen and hallelujah, in belief, in faith, believing what he says about himself, believing what he says about you, believing what he says about Jesus, believing what he says, you know, that while we were yet sinners, Jesus died for us. That verse does not mean after we cleaned ourselves up, he died for us. Um, you can't clean yourself up. That's the reality of it, friend. Jesus died to clean you up. Jesus shed his blood to clean you up. And there's not a man, woman, or child among us that can come close to matching what the Lord Jesus Christ has already done. Uh, but he says, come unto me. And friend, the only reason that's hard is if you you don't want to let go of your sin. Uh, the only reason that's hard is if um, you don't want to go unto God. And uh, the only reason that's hard is if you love your lust and your adultery and your murder and your murmuring and your hatred and your drugs and your and your drinks, you know, and all that and, and you know, and all that and, and you just love that. And you say, God you say, you know, this is good. God says it's bad. Um, in your eyes, lying is good. In your eyes, 
drunkenness is good. In your eyes, you know, the drugs are justifiable and good and you need them. Um, in your eyes, the hatred is justifiable. In your eyes, the hatred is a good thing. And you wouldn't know what life is if you didn't have your hatred. You wouldn't know what life is if you couldn't blame somebody else. You wouldn't know what your life is. If you, if, if you let down the lie and tell the truth, you wouldn't know what life is, um, you know, not stealing from people, um, you know, not, you know, in the middle of fornication, um, you know, but, but the reality is, you know, fallen condition, we are all born loving our sin. Uh, we are all born thinking that sin is normal, believing that sin is normal, acting as if sin is normal. See, God got to come in. God got to intervene and he does that because he loves you. Uh, he does that because he loves you and he doesn't want to see you go into destruction. He loves you and he doesn't want to see you uh, go into hell. He loves you and he doesn't want to see you experience the destructive consequences of sin in the here and now, in this life. Um, he loves you, my friend, and nothing you do, even rejecting him. Uh, God loves those who reject him. God loves you, even though you do not love him, even though you rail against him, even though you might spread lies about him, you might spread rumors about him, you might give your life trying to stop people from preaching the gospel, give your life trying to stop people from coming into faith in Jesus Christ. But the reality is that does not change the fact that God loves you. Now, I mean, we got to understand this. God's love for you as a lost man, lost woman, lost child it's expressed in the fact that he gave his only begotten son. It's expressed in the fact that God didn't hold anything back, but he gave himself, we might say. God stepped in there and, um, you know, you know, amen, hallelujah, Jesus born of a virgin, fully God, fully man. Before Jesus God had not experienced hunger. God had not experienced thirst. God had not experienced what it is to walk around on a fallen world. Um, God had not experienced that. God, God had not experienced death before Jesus experienced it on the cross. God had not experienced firsthand the fallen human condition until all the sin in creation itself was imparted to Jesus Christ, and he became sin. Then God fully experienced the fallen human condition and the death that comes from it. And he turns around and he says, I don't want you going through that because Jesus died once for all. Jesus shed his blood once and it is finished. It is accepted. It is, it's there and it's never going to be repeated. That is the extent to which God loves even his enemies. Um, the, the, the extent to which God loves the liar, the extent to which God loves the thief and the fornicator and the racist and the racist and the hateful and the murderer and the, you know, and the blasphemer and the drunk, you know, you, you know, the, 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 the user, um, you know, the prostitute and the pimp alike and the, you know, and the fornicator, the adulterer, and you know, God loves you no matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter what you look like, no matter what you sound like, no matter your cultural background, no matter the color of your skin, God loves you. 
And that is the extent to which he proved it. And friend, my, you know, my word to you today is, um, you know, in reality, that's not a hard saying. Um, in reality, um, that is the most mercy-filled, love-filled, grace-filled saying that you'll ever hear in this life. And so come unto him because um, his, his, you know, Jesus is not harsh, rough, stiff, and hard. Uh, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. He is king of kings. He is Lord of lords. And his kingly command is come unto me so that you may live and not die. Come unto me so that you might be healed. Come unto me so that you might be restored. Come unto me so that um, I might bless you with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in the here and now and on into glory itself so that I can wash away your sin so that we can have fellowship I will be your God, you will be my people, I will be your king, and uh, you will be my kingdom. Hallelujah and amen. You know, he's king of kings and he's lord of lords, and he's a good king, my friend. And so come unto him. Put your faith in him, put your trust in him. Amen and hallelujah. Um, but I pray, you know, uh, you know, as we end this time, as we end this broadcast, I thank you for listening so much. Thank you for sharing these all around the world. Um, you know, as I'm recording this, I think it's... Um, you know, it's, you know, it's all around the world, you know, several different nations, 41, 42, as I record this, I believe, um, you know, have either heard this or watched this in some way, shape, form or fashion, um, you know, somehow, amen and hallelujah, glory. And uh, thank you for sharing all these. Uh, those of you who are sharing them, uh, please do continue to do that. Um, um, you know, share them. You can play them for your churches. You can play them for your neighbors, your friends, anything like that. Uh, but thank you for that. Um, let us know how we can pray for you. Redeeming the lost at iCloud.com. I pray this is an encouragement to the church, an encouragement to Christians around the world. Um, you know, the, the love of God, hallelujah. It is precious. Uh, we need to be preaching it. We need to be living it. Uh, we need to be entering ourselves and, and we need to be bringing other folks with us. So be encouraged to be sharing the gospel and living the gospel. And those of you who don't know Jesus, thank you for listening. Um, he loves you, my friend. I hope you've heard that today. Uh, he loves you. Put your faith in him. Um, salvation is by grace and through faith. Uh, call, unto, call upon the name of Jesus Christ. Um, he will not despise um, he will not reject, he will not refuse anybody who calls on him um, in faith. Amen and hallelujah. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And may the Lord richly bless you today. Amen.